podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cricket Daily. It's June the 11th. I'm your co-host, Andrew Menzel. We had a big test cricket debutant overnight, and we have one on the podcast. Lachlan McCurdy from Sporting News is joining me. Lachlan, welcome to the podcast. Menes, it is good to be here. Always love the opportunity to talk all things cricket, so I cannot wait to get into it. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. There were two test matches got underway since our last show, plus a a swathe of T20 action and a bit of news. But let's start off at Edgbaston with England hosting New Zealand in the second test. Well, Edgbaston, always great to see such a fantastic atmosphere there considering what has been going on in the UK with in terms of COVID. And I think they had their second biggest crowd in the whole country post-COVID. So it was fantastic to see a raucous atmosphere. And to be fair, we got a pretty even day of test cricket, which was really nice to see. Uh, England put together a really nice opening stand and got through the first session unscathed at uh, 67. Uh, but eventually, Dom Sibley fell just after lunch. And that opening partnership of 72, their, their highest home opening stand in over a decade. It's um, quite remarkable, really, how poor their sort of opening stands have gone in recent wow. times. But yeah, New Zealand really fought back three quick wickets after lunch. And I think in particular... Joe Root and Zach Crawley will not want to look back at those dismissals, both sort of edging behind off um, Matt Henry and then Trent Bolt as well. Um, not Bolt, sorry, Wagner as well. And yeah, it looked like New Zealand was going to get the upper, upper hand, but Rory Burns kind of held strong again, brought up his 50 off 141 balls. Ajaz Patel came in, got his first wicket of the match of Oli Pope, and it was really sort of in the balance there again. And I mean, considering how Dan Lawrence had gone in the first test, it could have gone either way, but he's really stuck strong this test in Edgebaston, which is good to see. So he was able to bring up his 50. Um, Trent Bolt got a couple of other quick wickets. And in the end, England finished the day on seven for 258. So considering the surface, considering how slowly they had to score at times, I think it was a pretty even day's test. Uh, what did you make of it, Menes? Yeah, I agree. It sort of ebbed and flowed. England got off to a good start. New Zealand fought back. I thought uh, a couple of things uh, jumped out to me. Obviously, James Anderson becoming the most capped England Mm. player ever. 162 tests. That's just a phenomenal effort from a fast bowler and something I thought I'd never see. Um, You asked me in 2003 if he'd still be playing test cricket 18 years later, I'd have (laughs) laughed at you. Um, so that uh, jumped out at me. Also, I thought the innings of Dan Lawrence, um, I thought he played well for England. He's done well um, in the early stages of the county championship and good to see him translate that into the test form. And I guess broadly speaking, the Kiwis look stacked with talent. Um, I know Paul Dennett sort of doubted their credentials um, on this show and on Cricket Unfiltered, but you know, considering that they rested Southie and uh, Jamison and they've still got a very good attack of 
uh, Bolt and Wagner leading it with some good backup of Henry. Mm. Uh, just an impressive side. I'm looking forward to the World Test Championship final. I think in particular, I really liked what I saw from Ajaz Patel. I thought Mitch Santner looked pretty much toothless in that first test and didn't have much impact at all um, against England. So I think Patel is really well placed to grab a spot in that Kiwi side for the World Test Championship final. I mean, two wickets. He's uh, his second wicket of the day, a really nice flight of delivery to get Stone LBW, I thought really showed what he can bring to the side and kind of a real different or a kind of a cutting edge that Santa just doesn't necessarily have. So I think it'll be really good to see him push his case for a World Test Championship berth. Um, and I guess, yeah, England's top order concerns continue to show. I mean, as an Australian looking ahead to the Ashes, as we always do, it's really nice to see that uh, we've got some potential weaknesses there in the England lineup. But obviously, it'll be interesting to see how Rory Burns goes in Australian conditions, because I think essentially these two tests have kind of cemented his place at the top of the lineup, not necessarily because he's been fantastic, but I think he has, but because no one else around him has been really scoring the runs to 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 put any pressure on him. So I think Burns has been the, the solid rock that England have needed and will definitely get a place down under for the Ashes later this year. Now, another test match started overnight. The West Indies hosting South Africa at, now see if I can get the pronunciation right on this show. It's Gross Illet. And, um, well, the West Indies won the toss, selected to bat, and they were rolled for just 97, their lowest ever total against South Africa. Lungi Nagidi took five for 19, and Heinrich Norcher took four for 35. And the West Indies at one stage lost five for 11 in seven overs. Nagidi said after the day's play that there was a bit in the wicket and South Africa wanted to be ruthless. And Nagidi's been working at moving the ball away from the right-hander. And if you watch some of the dismissals, that seems to have paid off. And he was relieved to take Pfeiffer because it's his first Pfeiffer since his debut in 2018. So he's taken a couple of Fourfers, but never a five-wicket haul since then. So good result for him. In reply, South Africa were four for 128. Markram top-scored with 60. South Africa now lead by 31. But it could have been worse for the West Indies if not for a stunning debut mm. from a youngster, Jaden Seals. Now, Jaden, well, similar to David Warner's path, he's only played one first-class game before this test match. He took three for 34. He bowled very well. Um, he received his test cap from Kirtley Ambrose. He's just 19 years old, only 12 professional games. So, to quite a stunning rise. And the other thing to note from that first day's play is that we've seen a concussion substitution with West Indies batsman um, Bonner um, was diagnosed with concussion and he's been replaced by Kieran Powell. Yeah, certainly an interesting test that one. I mean, obviously I would have loved to have seen some more test cricket uh, with South Africa involved early this year with Australia, but we we did not get that. So it's good to see West Indies and South Africa, I, I think in what is a relatively even match because I, I think both sides have gone through sort of transition periods with their test set up and it'll be really interesting to see how they're placed in the next two, three years. But West Indies, oh, you get that sort of start. You, you go into bat, you would have wanted a better performance than that. Obviously 97, it's very easy to say they needed a better performance, but it's a very strong side, a West Indies side they put out. You've got Craig Brathwaite at the top and Shy Hope, who you can expect a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, you can expect a lot from. Roston Chase, you know what he can do. Kyle Mayers, he's scored runs in his sort of short career. He made a 200 on debut. Exactly. So 
you look at that side and go, there's more runs in that side that they should have got. And it's really interesting. You look at the South African bowling lineup, you go, maybe Rabada was the one to get wickets. Um, Maharaj might have got a few at spin, but it's really good to see Ngidi and Norche um, really come through with some wickets. Ngidi in particular, it was, I didn't realize that stat that it was his first five wicket haul since his debut. So that's a really interesting stat that he just hasn't been able to have that push through. But I guess this is where he is coming back into form. Absolutely. Now, some more cricket news. Ollie Robinson, the quick bowler, has decided to take a break from cricket and will not play for Sussex in their first two T20 blast matches following his suspension from the interna- from international cricket by the ECB. And um, Sussex will not be penalising Robinson any further for his historical tweet. So Robinson just needing to take a bit of time to work on his mental health. And I think that you know, while mental health is such an important issue for players, that should not be lost when we're dealing with issues of historical tweets. Obviously, the tweets are wrong, but you still have to have concerns about um, a current player's mental health. Without a doubt. I think that I'm sure the English cricket board are doing a fair bit to support Robinson, even though they've um, stood him down. Um, I think it's the right thing to kind of take him out of the limelight for the moment because you can only imagine what it would be like if it was playing this test again it, and... Yeah, I think hopefully the the Cricketers Association over in England are really supporting Robinson because he'll be back in the English cricket setup. I think everyone kind of sees that the English cricket board kind of had no choice but to do this, but also they will be supporting him. So, yeah, it, it's kind of a, a sad chapter for Ollie Robinson's start of his career. Um, and clearly he knows he, he messed up, as he said in his apology at the time after the tweets came out. But, yeah, I think it's time that, once he gets that support that's necessary from those around him, that hopefully he can really work on that mental health side of things and improve as a person, as a cricketer because of this. I agree. Now there's been a blow to the new competition in England. The hundred David Warner, Marcus Stoinis and Sophie Devine have all withdrawn from the competition. Warner and Stoinis were due to line up for the Southern Brave. Um, and Devine has pulled out because she wants to prepare for the international summer with New Zealand set to host the 50-over World Cup next February. But there has been a boost to the female um, side to the 100 with the five international Indian women's players have been signed to the competition, and the the, t- the 2020 T20 World Cup finalists have played barely any cricket since COVID began, so great that five of India's best female players will be taking part in that competition. Sticking with the T20 theme, the PSL continued overnight. Yeah, we had uh, two big games overnight. We'll start off with uh, the uh, the Sultans versus the Kings. Um, Riley Rosso, a, a nice little knock for the Sultans with 44 off 24 um, in what was a really slow surface. Um, so it was a really steady knock. And then Kushtil uh, Sharg also had a knock of 44. So they managed to get the Sultans to five for 176. And it was kind of just a bridge too far throughout the whole innings for Karachi. Baba Azam, I guess, was kind of a one-man show again for the Kings. He scored 85 off 63 and went unbeaten. He carried his bat, but it just wasn't enough. They fell 12 runs short in the end. I mean, Chadwick Walton put up a little bit of help around him, but Martin Gupta was again disappointing for the Kings, only 11 off 15 balls or so. Um, and I think they lost four wickets in the last seven balls. So there's a few question marks around Azam. While it was a great innings, it's certainly one where maybe he should have upped the tempo a little bit quickly to get them a little bit closer. Um, and then over in the other match, uh, the Aussies were doing the job well for Lahore. Uh, 
They got a 10-run victory over Peshawar. Um, Tim David, the star there, knocking 64 off 36 balls, including five sixes. So he's continuing his sort of good run of form off the back of the BBL where he kind of really made a breakthrough in his cricket. Ben Dunk also chipping in with 48 off 33 balls. And Jimmy Faulkner, 22 off seven as well. So a lot of the Aussies getting a job done for Lahore. And a special shout-out to honorary Aussie Rashid Khan, uh, his first five-wicket haul in franchise T20 cricket for Lahore, five for 20 off his four overs. Yeah, incredible performance from Rashid Khan. And he's started, well, he's restarted the PSL very well since the resumption. There were four games in the T20 blast overnight. Surrey beat Middlesex after Surrey blasted 223 with youngster Will Jack teeing off, smashing 70 off just 23 balls. Lancashire also beat Leicestershire. Yorkshire beat Warwickshire in a tight one. And Gloucestershire won by four runs over Glamorgan despite Marnus Labashane smashing 93 not out of 53 balls. Glamorgan needed 19 off the final over, but it was too much for Glamorgan and Labashane. So four more games completed in the T20 Blast. They come thick and fast in that competition. I like that Marnus is kind of showing that he he's still got that T20 capability there. He uh, obviously was kind of overlooked for some of the squads because they figured it wasn't really worth him going over to the West Indies and uh, the Bangladesh squad. But 93 or 56, he, he's kind of proving a point there. Absolutely. He's on fire. And I guess that's it for this edition of Cricket Daily. A couple of bits of housekeeping first. Housekeeping firstly, if you're listening to this on the Cricket Unfiltered podcast feed, go and subscribe on Cricket Daily's own podcast feed because we won't be releasing this on the Cricket Unfiltered feed soon. So the link is in the show notes. And also this show is released at 3 p.m. Sydney time, 6 a.m. London time, 7 a.m. Cape Town time, 10.30 a.m. in Mumbai and 10 p.m. in L.A. for all you American cricket fans. Lachlan, thanks for joining me on Cricket Daily, smashing the boo, and look forward to um, podcasting with you again. Looking forward to it, Manners. Thank you. And thanks, listeners, back on Monday. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.